Odd Conduit Media. What's it gonna be? You are now listening to the High Hello, all my fellow dreamers. Welcome to another SideQuest episode of... Hyrule Podcasters! I'm your co-host, Pat. And I'm your co-host, Ben. On this podcast, we venture through each game in Nintendo's Zelda franchise. We're not experts or purists. We're just enjoying each game start to finish. We're between seasons right now, and today we're putting down the sticks and bringing you an exclusive interview instead. That's right. Today we're joined by rapper, producer, podcaster, video game streamer, and enthusiast, nerdcore pioneer, author, teacher, Guinness World Record holder, and overall inspiration, Raheem Jamil Jarbo, a.k.a. Mega Ran. Welcome to the show, man. Wow, that was an epic intro. Thank you so much, man. (laughs) That was good. Can I use that on like a... My album or something? (laughs) Always. (laughs) Yes, certainly. That's pretty great. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, It's awesome to be here. Love the podcast. Love the idea of the podcast. The fact that this exists and we're living in a space where this can exist. I think that is so awesome. So um, I'm just happy to be here. Certainly. Yeah, the, the podcast was started as a fun idea. And, you know, here we are two years later and we're still going. Wow. We're playing Link's Awakening next, which is exciting. It's my favorite of the franchise. Since this is a Zelda podcast, I got to ask, what is your relationship with Zelda? Oh, man. Um, the first, I, yeah, I bought the first Zelda. I bought the second Zelda. I bought, you know, Link to the Past, which I think is my favorite. Um, I've played mostly every Zelda, you know, and ironic, I haven't beat a lot of them, but I have beat a few of them. And um, they're always such fun games, you know, just cool experiences, the puzzles, the, um, you know, the stories have always caught me. But when the, the ones I did not play are the ones that people probably talk the most about. And that's like the 64 ones. Like, yeah, Ocarina is definitely like a lot of people's favorite. I'm super late to that. I started playing it on the DS like way later, that's um, but I never finished it. Uh, but I was like, okay, I could see why this is, this is pretty great. Um, but at the time I was like, wait, it's too, it's too 3d. Like I was just way weirded out by <laughs> N64's obsession with turning everything 3d. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, no, 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 this is not the way Zelda's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so it definitely threw me out. It's much better than super Mario 64, which I still don't like to this day. Wow. Uh, I, I cannot get into that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. Have you played any of the other 3d Marios? Mm, yes. And I like those. I like Mario 3d world and okay. you know, a lot of the other ones. I don't know what it was. I think it was just the timing. Like yeah. I just think the game did not age very well. I didn't play it the first time, like when it was new. Oh, okay. You came back around to it. You know, I recently played through that game with a bunch of my friends. And those of us who played the game as kids and multiple times since love it. And everybody who was picking it back up since, you know, they played it a little bit as a kid was like, the camera's awful. I can, it's clunky. The graphics are, are bad. So I can see that. 
Yeah, yeah, it didn't age super well, but I remember getting into a huge argument on stream because I was streaming it for the first time, and I was just like, guys, this game's not good. And people <laughs> were like, you got to look through this in 1996 when, like, nothing like it existed. Right. And I was like, well, that's true. You know, like, every game since has kind of built on that formula and improved sure. on it. Sure. You know, so they were the first to jump into this world of, like, camera angles and, you know, over-the-shoulder platformers and so it was a tough journey you know but i was just like i remember being solely lost like i played it like at a toys r us at a kiosk or something yeah and i was just like where do you go like i don't even know you mean to tell me i can go anywhere i want to and i just started walking around i'm like i don't like this (laughs) yeah yeah it's not just walk right you know and sometimes take a left to see if there's a thing right behind you (laughs) yeah definitely and and you know it's the same with with ocarina i get lost i didn't actually finish it until we played it just last season ocarina like i i tried so many times but i just it's dark and the polygons but you know to your point would you travel the oregon trail to get back west you know in a covered wagon without any medicine you know or would yeah. you let the pioneers take care of that and in the meantime use what's available to you now? I think it's fair. You know? Good point. I was upset with Nintendo for re-releasing that game. You know, I just felt yeah. like, come on, Mario 64 needs an overhaul, like completely. Yeah, you know, you know I, I was kind of bummed that they again, I've I've beat Mario 64 a bunch of times. I've hundred percented it three times since COVID showed up. Uh, and I just like so I love it, but I was really hoping they'd just use the Mario Odyssey engine. Yeah. And make the game similar but with much better graphics. Yeah. I know, was hoping that too. You take what you can get. I also you know, I'd prefer them to focus on new projects regardless. Mm. How many times can I buy every single Mega Man game on different, uh, <laughs> on a different console? And I, the, the answer is infinite amount of times I will buy Mega Man two on every, on every console as it shows up. Yeah. It kind of feels like it was a, like a COVID project, right? Like, you know, they got backed up. They're like, we got to push something out. Well, let's just take these three things we've already emulated before and just push them out and see if people will bought that. I, I bought, I will admit I bought it. I've not played. I yeah. bought it, didn't play it. You know, pretty classic. Right, right. They were just hoping for that. So if if it's you know for that reason, like yeah, I understand. Like maybe they didn't have a, enough staff to really overhaul that game like they may have wanted to. And maybe that's a project for another anniversary. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not slowing down. They're only speeding up. Thankfully, mm-hmm. which is yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I noticed switching gears that you have a couple tracks on fresh kills and Philharmonic's new album miscellanea and then i looked at the credits and it's released on your random beats imprint yes which is cool can you tell us a bit about this project and oh man the random beats well, imprint i'm a huge fan of, of fresh kills i'm a huge fan of phil and um we talk all the time about getting projects done and phil is a guy who is extremely picky about beats uh you know the timing has to be perfect he is just He's a hard guy to please. But when I let him hear a couple of kills beats, he was into it. He's like, oh, man. And I'm like, what? You like this? Okay. well, I got to find a way to, you know, make this a moment. And so they didn't know each other. And so I just kind of connected them on an email. It's like, guys, I want you to make an album. I'll help you put it out. I'll do whatever I got to do. Like, let's just get this done because I think you guys can do something great. Um, I feel's a super talented rapper and he kills just you know, a monster on the beats. So, uh, so it was a natural connection. And those guys made a really good project and 
I have been, I was honored to be a part of it. You know, I was on two songs and helped them, you know, with picking beats and, and, um, song structure and sequencing and oh sick all so you kind of executive, kind of executive produced stuff. yeah that's cool you curated help with some of the arrangements that's great i love fresh kills that dude is an incredible producer um yes. we're gonna take a listen to leviathan which is the first song off of miscellanea and i think ben has that queued up and ready to go It's that time again for the beast to arise again and ride again on beast with the heat to melt the cryogen. Flammable and tameable and voluntarily violent, primordial Leviathan. Yeah, it's that time again for the beast to arise again and ride again on beast with the heat to melt the cryogen. Flammable and tameable and voluntarily violent, primordial Leviathan. So you gon' have to try again. The rolling of the die, the tempting of the fates, the thunder from the sky accentuating debates, facing an amalgamation. Of a mouth ascension with a brain racing, focus on ascendance. Broken all dependence. Look, a book of verses like a penance. From Phoenix out to Venice, still acknowledged the menace. To any given mosque, to any synagogue, feel the hand of God through the bars. Paint a picture flawed, watching shatter versity and scalagrim whenever bored. Flow sharpening whatever sword the host is leaning toward. Thanks, man. Hang fresh kills, just the slappy beats. Oh, yeah. Everything just pops so yeah, much. It's just so slappy. That's a really yeah. good description. It just, it just just hits you really hard yeah yeah mm-hmm. i met i met fresh kills when he was on uh tory stopped in queens and he made us a beat that was on the video games album nice. and, uh vinny vinny video and dunce cap i love video games you are also a part of i am i'm everywhere i guess yeah um, you're all over the place i love it <laughs> thanks uh i met kills um i guess he was on tour with some of the homies from Canada, and I think we played mm-hmm. together at South by maybe Word Burglar, uh, the Backburner Crew, and um, and then we just kept in touch. And once I saw him live, I mean, I think anybody once you see him live, you're just like blown away. You're a fan instantly, and you must hear more. And, yeah. uh, and I was like that. So yeah, we wound up doing a tour together, which was um, probably the worst tour I've ever been on in my life, to be honest. <laughs> um, I wish I had a better things to say. But um, oh, no. it was myself, Fresh Kills, and Cool Z. And uh-huh. uh, after a maybe, I think uh, Uncle Fester joined for a minute. Shout out to him. And uh, Shape for the Dark Lord joined for a minute. Uh-huh. But yeah, this tour was awful. So it's like, this is like a game of Survivor where it's like, when you get to the city, like, will the tour, will the show even be happening? You know, it's one of those. So we get there and they're like, uh, no one called me and confirmed this show. So, uh, oh. I don't have a sound guy. I don't know what to tell you. And we're like, no. And what's, what's worse is we had a tour manager, like a booking agent really working this. Mm. And, um, and he was their agent. So I don't want to shout him out, but you know, he was their guy. And, um, we, he was on vacation while we were on the road. Oh, oh it was the worst. So our entire schedule is just like falling apart. So we have to take over. We're like, all right, guys, we're out here. We better figure something out. So we start calling ahead to venues like, Hey, we're coming there in two days. Do you know that we have a show in two days? (laughs) And one of them's like, no. And another one's like, yeah. So we wind up like rebooking the tour while on the road. It was just insane. Like, Oh wait, the homies are playing in, uh, in Albuquerque. So let's just stop over there on the way. And then like, 
because our Santa Fe show doesn't exist. And yeah, it was just insanity. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, but it built it built some character and it built a friendship, honestly, with, with myself, yeah. with Cool Z, with Kills. Like we all because we all we had was each other. Like we had to bond and we had to come together because exactly. there, one day Cool Z is just like, the hell with this, man. I'm going home. And we're like, no, no, no. And then the other day, Kills is like, man, the hell with this. I'm going home. And we're like, no, no, no. The last day, I'm like, the hell with this. I'm going home. And like everyone had at different times to talk the other person like into staying. And uh, yeah, it was insane, man. It really was. So, um, but I say all that to say like through that trauma, you know, uh, a friendship was forged. So whenever I'm yeah. in Canada, I get to hang out with Kills. We recorded a ton of music together at his spot. Uh, he comes out here, we hang out. Like he's become one of my best friends. Um, and through that process, and you know, we had to be forged in the fire. <laughs> you know, I've I've learned, and I've read some articles about this. Like, how, like I just moved to a new city at 34. How do I make new friends? Mm-hmm. And basically, everything I read is once you hit a certain age, going through a traumatic experience or a difficult, like building something or mm. taking a trip that's somewhere unfamiliar is just a quick way to form a bond. And those days on the road are mm. very trying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I've had, like, I took some kids on the road once, you know, they were, they were under 21, but I really wanted their album to come out. This was years back. And it was one of those tours where mm. we'd show up. And the problem was it was a lot of DIY spaces, right? Because mm-hmm. these kids are under 21, so we can't book bars. Right. And we would show up. And I've learned how to like run a soundboard to a degree at this point. And you just kind of pool your resources and try to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here you are however many years later and you're helping them put out music and your best buds. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Like, yeah, we, we had to go through that, that moment. Of you know who knows, who's to say like if the shows had went just normal as shows go like mm-hmm. who's to say if we would have actually had as good of a relationship you know yeah it could have so, been a kind of forgettable experience you yeah. know and you you wouldn't have learned anything about yourselves or one another yeah Certainly. so I want to thank that uh, that booking agent for uh, you know building character <laughs> within <the> us <laughs> um, and man afterwards we were like we wrote him this long letter like of grievances mm-hmm. of like basically yeah. why we shouldn't have to pay him 20%. <laughs> right. Right. And, and he was just like, yeah, I saw all that, but no, you got to pay. <laughs> Jeez, that's raw. Oh man. It was, it was nuts. That's was nuts. raw. That's why promoter is a bad word. You know, promoter is mm-hmm. a four letter mm-hmm. word. It really is. <laughs> so I, um, speaking of trials and tribulations on your verse on the dunce cat, Vinny, Vinny video album, I love video games. Love the song games. continue. Mm-hmm. is autobiographical and it was kind of my first sneak peek into into your life story mm. you know i have some specific questions about that verse that i'm not going to ask because i don't want to pry but <laughs> that led me to reading your memoir Ooh. it's incredible dream master great book i just like ran right through it Dude, thank you a great read we're going to pull up your verse from that song here if Ben wants to pop that in now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 
cigarettes, handed me the bag, didn't know what it was, but I knew better than to ask. Mama called him a thug, but he was family, so it passed, like a storm in the summertime. What's today's math? Check it. This was one of those days with the time creeping by to lie. Peep this mess from the southernmost sky, and what seemed like seconds, it turned unpleasant. Whole town felt threatened, and no one knows why. We mud-made monsters who grew up on turbo hoppers and Contra. E-Man and Blanco Sat in front of CRTs and dreamt like Martin Tupper But these dreams ain't paying rent So we found another way that wouldn't cause much contempt But a pen to the paper was a foolish attempt The world don't need no more rappers That's extra facts Borrowed from a pessimist, he won't expect it back I should've listened when he said this Cause go with the flow is advice that's good for dead fish The rest of us gotta get up and get this Early Gets the worm, the late one is breakfast. Yeah. Yes. I love that verse. Hey. It's like it's like a ton of like proverbs. <laughs> like I know, um, I know. It's yeah, that's um that's you know what? Now that I think about it, I think in that same session, I was uh I was recording some verses for friends, and then I got into recording the audiobook. Uh, or maybe it was one way or the other way, but I do believe I was recording the audiobook at the same time, and so yeah. it definitely was affecting the way I was writing because a lot of that stuff yeah. was either stories from my book or mm. lessons that I learned that I that I also tell in the in the book. So I can definitely tell the things that I was saying. I was like, yeah, this is this is stuff that came to me while I was reading my book. I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and it's like it's like a preview. It's like a preview to the book in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in that book, I was, I was kind of, I've always known you as a, you know, fun, like we have a professional relationship and we have fun in the green room. And <laughs> I don't think that you ever slept on my couch or anything like many touring artists mm. have, but you know, we are, we're always pretty much having a good time, but in that we're keeping on a smile for the fans, Yes, you know, and, and even, even like counting out money for shows it's still your professional and just to see you bury your soul so much and get into some like traumatic experiences uh, and to read all about that was was really incredible when you put this book out what was it like to be like suddenly bang it's out there you're vulnerable people can read about all these things that happen to you as a throughout your entire life mm. Man, it scared me to death. You know, yeah. it really did. I didn't think about it. I, I guess I just kept thinking to myself, no one's going to read this. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, I really hope no one reads this. You know, it just starts to turn into <laughs> yeah. that. Um, because like I already have really long, maybe even personal, private, you know, soul wrenching conversations at the merch table. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like this yeah. is a part of what I do and I've done it for a long time. And so. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh boy, now they can bring up, hey, what about that time in the book where you said this? And I could be like, ah, I don't want to talk about that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, or my mom being like, hey, is this really what happened? Like, let's talk about this, you know? And uh, yeah. some of the things that I just, you know, I never had the heart to tell family, you know, until I wrote it down, you know? Right. I said, uh, I said a line about that sometime. Like, I, I don't have a journal. I couldn't afford a 
talk space. So I just listened to beats and wrote raps all day, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, like it, it was just what it was. Like this was my therapy, you know? And so to be mm-hmm. able to talk about these things and as I'm writing, I'm just starting to learn more about myself. Like, oh, wow, this explains this and this explains that. Like it was a really therapeutic experience. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was scary, you know, it's to the point where my mom is like, well, how come we never talked about this? Or why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, ah, you know, so I really don't right. want to have those conversations about what I wrote, but I realized that that's a part of the process. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, 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 it added a new level of, of like a fear to me. Mm-hmm. And it was just another new fear to conquer, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a good way I, to look at it. Yeah. Because, you know, they always say like, if you're working on a new project or whatever you're doing, it should scare you. At least a little bit. Mm, I like that. You know, and so when I work on a new album, I'm always thinking that, like, did I do anything scary? You know, did I did I try something that was scary? No. All right. Well, then get back to work until until you try something scary. And the book was the scariest thing ever because I never wrote a book before. Like, um, I had talked to some you know publishers and things about advice, mm-hmm. but I didn't get anywhere. So I was just like, a lot of people were saying to me you need to just self publish your first and then you can have like a proof of concept to go to, go to a publisher for your second book or whatever. Okay. And, um, and I was like, second book, like I'm not thinking about another thing. <laughs> this was, this was painful, you know? And, uh, so I think my next book will be a children's book or something a lot lighter. Oh, fun. Because yeah. I've had people tell me like, Oh man, your book is so sad or it's so heart wrenching. And it's so, and I was like, I, I didn't mean for it to be sad. Like, hmm, I think it has a happy ending. Like, it's a good, it's, there's some positive moments in this book. There's a lot but. of positive moments. I mean, if I may say, like, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, at one point you say, I've never told anyone this before. And you recount a traumatic experience. But I didn't even take that as a sad thing. Mm-hmm. It's, in fact, I, you know, again, I'm just inspired by you putting it out. And it's wonderful to see you put it on a page. Thank I you. could understand how somebody, could see it as sad. I grew up listening to a lot of my teachers were like, why do you listen to sad music? And I'm like, Radiohead's not sad. They're brilliant. <laughs> you know? So I guess my barometer's a little off. Okay. But but yeah, I mean, that's brave. That's brave putting all that down on paper, man. Thank you, man. I, I like my local newspaper wrote about it and they were like, Mega Ran details tragedies on the, <laughs> you know, on the way to writing his new book. And I'm like, oh man, like really? It's Ooh. just about tragedies? Like Oh gosh. So tragedies end poorly. As you said, (laughs) the book ends with you right now and you are a success. So how, you know, how can it be that tragic? Mm. You know, I think, well, I think that's the exciting thing about a memoir. It's a snapshot in time. Like it is, it is Mega Man right now and kind of what got you to this point. And it's really exciting even just to think about like, you know, what you might, what you're going to continue to do. And people are still going to want to read that and, and understand kind of where you're going. And, and it could even be a snapshot of a, the same, the same timeline, but like a different, a different perspective, right. Or in a different medium, mm-hmm. like you're saying, doing like a children's book, right. That could even be like reflective kind of like of your, you know, life story. And that, that's pretty exciting. Like from my perspective. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I felt like, no, I, th- I, f- I totally, I was fighting with that within myself. So like, are people just going to pull out the really rough moments and, and make that what the book's about? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to like, you know, dig deep and ask some questions and maybe just focus on the, the positives, you know? 
Um, But, you know, the next book will certainly be much more uplifting and uh, lighthearted. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Some of the uh, some of the fun parts that you talk about are all the different ways you played video games with your friends growing up. Mm -hmm. And a part that stood out to me is halo parties yeah now ben and i hosted and attended many halo parties carrying tvs across town you know <laughs> yes. can you tell can you tell the kids at home who might not know what that is oh, what man. that's all about well before the days of wi-fi everywhere and everybody being all you know connected uh we had to get together in person to do that and uh, and Halo was one of the first games where we would just plug up these land cables and and get to work, man. So that we'd have to be like, bring your TV and you bring <laughs> your Xbox and you bring a controller and you bring a controller. And and we would just go to town, man. It was I think the the Halo parties are an extension and uh, I think a, an evolution of the GoldenEye parties, mm-hmm. you know, because it all started yeah, with GoldenEye, I think, for a lot of people. First oh, person yeah. shooters, you know, with four players just going at it and then being able to then expand that to 16, you know, it was just like unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so we were like all night, just whoever's mother had to work late or worked overnight shift. That's whose house we were over until the sun came up playing halo just just all day long blood gulch and you know all these chugging chugging surge and man oh man just Rockets yelling at your and, friend for looking at your screen like oh, not fair yeah, not stop fair. screen watching get out of my screen watching, yeah, screen you know. watching yep oh my gosh man those times you know like a lot of fun that took yeah it was just really good times and it and it really built you know camaraderie and character in a different way and mm-hmm. it was everybody you know it was like the cool kids the nerds yep. everyone got together to play because it was just it just became a cultural phenomenon and mm-hmm. um and yeah, like it was, and I think even to this day, that's probably why I'm not as big of an online guy as I am when it comes to Me gaming, too. you know, because I just really remember those days when we were in the same room, just having a lot of fun. And I wish we could do that. So I may yeah, have, I don't too. know, a hundred people on my friends list, but I very seldom play a game with them, you know, maybe yeah. once in a while, but I, I just really long for those days where we could all sit together, do some old couch co-op, <laughs> some old couch co-op. Yeah. yeah I. I, I look at the connection that we're able to make now. Like I play Mario Party on Switch with my friends back east. Mm-hmm. You know, every other weekend, you know, my partner and I hang out with another couple. And, like, that's fun. But I don't do – I don't play any other shooter. I don't play any shooters online. And I understand that it, it connects us to a degree – but it doesn't force us to drive across town, sit in the same room as somebody and hang out in person, which I, that's my favorite thing about Nintendo, I think. Mm -hmm. And was my favorite thing about video games, especially in college was just the social element, you know? For sure. Uh, I haven't done it much lately, but I remember first getting the switch and just carrying it everywhere and being like, all right, well, if I'm in a restaurant, we could just bust this out, you know? Yeah. And, um, and we've done it several times, me and a bunch of the homies are together and like, Street Fighter? What? You said Street yes. Fighter? Okay, cool. Let's go. And we just right there at the restaurant table or Mario Kart or things yep. like that. So it's a real good feeling. That That's the closest to bringing back that feeling for sure. It really is. And I think that Nintendo has, they really, they want to preserve that. I, I've been on, I've been on flights mm-hmm. where next thing you know, me and the person I'm flying next 
two were playing Switch on the little tray table mm-hmm. with the little Joy-Con. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, there's a great story in Dream Master about you sampling some video game music and expecting a conversation to end in a cease and desist. <laughs> but it didn't turn out that way. Can you just shed a little light on that? Oh, for the boy. for the listeners, it's a fun story to tell. I used to tell it on uh, on stage a lot, and and um, yeah, I uh, this is the MySpace days, and everybody's just kind of doing their thing and getting their top eights together and and all that. And uh, I got this strange idea to just, at least I thought strange at the time, to sample a bunch of video games and make an entire album about me having a dream and that I was Mega Man. And uh, and then living a day as Mega Man. And um, so I, I put this album out and uh, I was so afraid of like my MySpace being shut down because MySpace was literally everything we had. And um, and I was just like, oh, boy, I'm scared. These samples, I don't know what could happen. And um, it was the worst feeling or the worst fear to go to your own page and be like, not found 404. You're like, no. Yeah. You know? So I was afraid. So. I had um, created a second page that wasn't random, which was uh, I was calling myself at the time. It was Mega Ran. And um, next thing you know, I, I, I blame it on this. It had to be because of this. Like I put the album out and then IGN does a review. This is back when they used to review music projects. They review the album. Like I didn't send it to them to review it. They just found it and decided to review it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. reading this like, this is great. No, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't clear my samples. Oh, yeah. man, they know about it. Ah, You know, IG is like the biggest gaming site there is. And so that evening, the Mega Ran page gets a direct message from Capcom's page. And I'm like, yep, here it is. <laughs> this is the end. Like, thanks a lot, IGN. You know, game over for Mega Ran. And uh, it's a big old C. And the guy's like, hey, man, I'm from Capcom. And um, we just heard about this Mega Man album you did. And I'm like, God, man. And uh, he's like, so, oh, he's like, oh, by the way, don't worry. This is not a cease and desist. I'm like, <laughs> yes. oh, my God. They he's put like, it up top. That's kind of. Yeah, a- I'm glad he did that. You know, he like skipped a few lines and then said that. And then uh, he's like, we just want to talk to you about it because we think it's really cool. Like. Uh, we have this site called Capcom Unity. And Capcom was really ahead of the the game when it came to this. They would highlight community members who would make fan art. And they called this album Fan Art. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is fan art. That's exactly what right. it is. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan. I made some art. You know, And uh, so they let the people hear it. And they were like, well, we want, we want to interview you on Capcom Unity. And I'm like, oh, cool. So we do an interview. They're asking me my favorite Mega Mans and all these other questions that I have gotten on every podcast since I've done that. Um, right. But like, yeah, what's, what's your favorite Mega Man? How would you, you know? And so we're having a really good time. And uh, the, the interview comes out. And then the um, the lady who wrote it, she messages me. She says, hey, um, Comic-Con's coming up pretty soon. Have you ever been? And I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. What? She's like, well, this album is really doing well, like virally and like, you're a part of the community now. Like it would be crazy if I didn't invite you to Comic-Con. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you'd be a guest of Capcom. Like come to Comic-Con. And I'm like, okay. And at that time I had just moved to Phoenix. So luckily I was pretty close to San Diego. 
But man, I've been reading comic books my whole life. And I've just been reading about how awesome Comic-Con is. And I've never been. And the first time I'm going to a Comic-Con, I'm a guest of Capcom, which was insane. And uh, I haven't gotten that kind of treatment since then, to be honest. Like, I think I'm bigger now than I was then. But they were just like, yeah, yeah. And like my badge said, like, guest of Capcom. Like, it was really cool. And um, so I come in and I'm sitting there signing autographs. And people are coming up asking me about the album. And it was really, really dope. And after that, um, a movie is coming about on, I think it's on Netflix now. Uh, This is made before Netflix. Um, and it's called Second Skin. It's about like video game addiction. And yeah. um, and they were like, hey, we think your song Grow Up, which is like a Mega Man sample track I did. It's like a perfect ending credits song. And I'm like, oh, end credits. Like, who doesn't want to be in credits? Yes. And they were like, yeah, just show us your licensing paperwork with Capcom. And I'm like, say what now? <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> surely Capcom has given you permission to do this. And I was like, mm, kind of. I mean, they right. we're friends. I don't know. What's that mean? <laughs> they invited me to Comic-Con. And they're like, oh, you need something on paper, dude. And so they had their lawyer email Capcom. And uh, in a couple days, Capcom sent me back paperwork saying, like, here, you signed this off and you're officially licensed by Capcom. And I'm like, what? You know, yes. It's like the ultimate good ending of this. You know, Mike, yeah. as, as rappers or hip-hop kids, like, you know the secrets out we sample dude we don't think yeah. about anything we just sample like we yeah. are enjoying you know we're just making art you know no mm-hmm. one's thinking about the the business side of these things we're just making art but right. you know there was always that what if what if that thing you sample just decides to get bigger than you and uh you might have to pay some people you know and i didn't yeah. think about that being a possibility at all and uh and so sure enough this guy was so nice to get me a license. And um, and so we re-released the album. The first thing I did was I was like, we're doing a, re- a repackaged version of the album with Capcom's logo, like in the corner, <laughs> you yeah, know. Definitely. Like, Gotta get that logo on there. <laughs> by Capcom, yeah, to make it official. And um, and since then, man, it's been an awesome relationship. And that's just led to one, from one thing to another, you know, like from meeting these guys who maybe then leave Capcom, go to other companies. They're like, oh man, come and do something with me over here. I'm working at Square. Oh, come get, you know, I'm working over here. You know, so it's just led to these really great relationships within the gaming industry. And um, yeah, it's just like the most amazing ending to that story because I really thought grand opening, grand closing for Mega Rand. Like, yeah, yeah it was nice, but you're out of here. Like, you know, and it just so happened. And I'm not saying that I influenced this. But in the year after I put this album out, Capcom decides to return to the retro style and they put out a game called Mega Man 9. Now, I'm not saying I influenced (laughs) that, but just saying. And so my friend at Capcom was like, hey, we're about to do a new retro game. Um, And I was like, oh, really? And they were they kind of they, they didn't ask me to make songs about it, but they kind of like were like, it would be really cool if you made some songs. And I was like, well. The reason why I made songs about the original Mega Man games is because this music has been stuck in my head for 20 years. You know, right, right. that's why like it, it, these are great songs to me. So I got to be honest, if I hear the new soundtrack and it doesn't move me, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Just turns out the Mega Man 9 soundtrack is really dope. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. good. It's just like excellent, like on par with the best of the series. And 
And then I found out they had a female boss for the first time. And I was like, oh, well, here we go. Like, this writes itself. I write a little ditty called Splash Woman, which to this day is still like my biggest song. You know, it's like a song that I still have to end shows with. And I'm like, I wonder how many people know that this is about a boss in like a digital only Mega right. Man release <laughs> that came way past its prime. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know how many people know even what the story is of Splash Woman or Mega Man 9, but they love the song so much. And uh, and so, yeah, that, that was what led to me writing the album that would be called Mega Ran 9. Right. And, uh, and from there, I think in that process, I was like more known as Mega Ran than anything. And mm-hmm. so it led to like a name change because I was like, I'm getting confusing. Random is just a terrible word to name yourself. It's like the it's opposite of it's like the opposite of, of search engine friendly. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> random? What? You know? Yeah, it wasn't Googleable. So uh remember kids, make your name Googleable. Yes, big lesson to take away. If you haven't come up with a rap name yet, <laughs> make it Googleable. Yeah, Google it and see what comes up. Um, so yeah, Mega Ram became the name and and from there, it was like a heavy focus, maybe not like a 100% focus, but it was definitely a heavy, heavy focus on video games, retro kind of concepts and pop culture. And, uh, and then I discovered kind of just doing that, the term nerdcore and this right. whole subgenre and movement that was happening, like parallel with like the indie rap movements of the mm-hmm. past. And, and people were just doing their thing, like making really cool music, having, like playing to good crowds and you know, and having fun. And, uh, and these guys welcomed me in with open arms and, and that's kind of, you know, the beginning of kind of the mega rant story was it all came from that. That's beautiful. We're going to play a little snippet from splash woman, which I agree is a fantastic song. <laughs> it's good when the Thank song you. that everybody wants you to end with is a song you like and is <laughs> yeah. it, you know, one that you regret making. <laughs> yeah. Cause that would suck. I'm gonna see. And she told me your name was Flash Woman. Beautiful but deadly. She was mad cunning. Had a voice that could soothe the savage. Beast of physique was way above average. Magic the way she got me in a spell. Got me on lockdown. Sort of like a cell. But I got a mission that I can't afford to fail. But girl, I got a secret to tell. Um, I don't know how to say this. So I'ma just say it. That you're my favorite. Even underwater, I'm enchanted by your fragrance. You're nothing to play with. Won't you be my baby? Or maybe. We can get up out of this land And maybe get a bite somewhere, my dear Even though she knew the truth about Rand I had a feeling she wouldn't understand Yo, I got a chance I thought I was in love before But I love you more So baby, come aboard and go away with me So I can make you see What you mean to me And baby, we can be free So I noticed that you have an upcoming collab with Penny the Great and Slop Funk Dust. Mm-hmm. The album's up for pre-order at megaranmusic.com. It's a hip-hop tribute to perhaps the most influential anime series ever, Robotech, a.k.a. Macross. Macross. You excited for this release? I am. We've been working on this and like just kind of putting it together and making sure it was perfect for a long time. And, um, and it was just one of those things where me and Penny, we've been friends forever. And uh, just one day we just happened to discuss something. I was like, oh man, that looks like the guy from Robotech. And he's like, what do you know about Robotech? And I was like, what do you know about Robotech? And then we just had this really long 
conversation about how much we both love this kind of obscure anime at this point. Um, but like we went back, watched it again. It still holds up. It was like a space soap opera almost. It was the first show I watched where characters would die. Like, you know, there was real love and feelings and love triangles and, and like so much stuff. It was like the final fantasy seven of anime. Like it really was like, it changed me in that same way that final fantasy seven did. And for the same reasons we were like, Oh snap, they're humans. Like they can die. Like, you know, and, um, that, like has stuck with me forever, you know, and it had a great soundtrack and just um, really dope toys. It was where the, the Transformers toy, I don't know if you're familiar with Jetfire. And there was this okay. big controversy on the toys that made us about the toy Jetfire, which was a existed as like a, I don't know, like a bootleg Transformer. But then uh, like Hasbro kind of took it and used it anyway. And and then it was the same exact toy because it was a transforming robot jet. And uh it's the same exact toy as like the main jet in this Robotech story that is ah. a Transformer character. So it's a really interesting um, story. In that, Yeah. So I just liked how cool the, you know, transforming robots in the 80s. Like, come on, like, this is yeah. amazing. <laughs> so uh, so the show's great. The album's phenomenal. We just kind of tell some stories, like pieces, like here and there from like really important, like story arcs and kind of place ourselves in it. Um, so it's, it's almost like a, like an opera. I think it's kind of like a hip hop opera where we just jump in the character and we just go and we're singing songs and, um, it's really dope. And Slop Funk dusted all the beats. Uh, Slop's done some amazing stuff in the past, um, for me and for, uh, for tons of other cats. He's worked with like Danny Brown. He's worked with little brother. He's worked with your old Droog. I mean, so many cats that I really like. So, uh, so he gave us a real hard hitting like tracks for these, for these records that, um, it's a short one. It's like eight or nine tracks, but it's cool. going to be short and sweet. It's going to hit you right in the feels. And even if you don't know the show, I think you'll enjoy the beats and the rhymes and the story. Yeah, I've found that concept albums based around media that already exists are often a really good introduction mm -hmm. to the media. I I feel like my mom would always say, read the book before you watch the movie. Yeah. But which which is a great thing to do because your imagination, you know, you, you can flex your imagination, you can make it what you want. But if you don't have necessarily the inspiration or time to watch a whole series or read a whole book, watching, listening to that concept album or, you know, watching that series mm -hmm. or that, that quick movie can really help get you in the mood. So maybe you're on the way to make a bunch of, making a bunch of new Robotech fans who were just hip hop <laughs> fans beforehand. Maybe. You know? I mean, the fans of this show are just so, I would say they're a little cantankerous right now. Like they're online and they're, they're kind of frustrated because they've talked about remakes. They've talked about reboots. They've talked about mm -hmm. live action movies and like nothing's happened. You know, there were some really good games back in like the PS2 Xbox era mm -hmm. um, that were really good, but there hasn't been anything since. And, uh, and they really want more. So I really think those fans are going to be happy with seeing something happening with, with, you know, that fans of the franchise will enjoy. Good. Good. You know, I, I didn't comb through your whole catalog. Do you have a song that you can think of that samples some uh, some music from Zelda? Hmm. Uh, no. And okay. I'll tell you cool. why. <laughs> uh, Nintendo is not as nice as Capcom when it comes to samples. But I've done some for Patreon. I have. Uh, there is a song actually with Penny the Great. Nice. It is called The Grind. 
and uh, just talking about like leveling up in life. Cool. And it is it uses the Zelda fairy music theme from uh, Link to the Past. Come on, y'all, taking too much time. I got a bunch of thoughts racing through my mind. You might think I'm mistaken, but now I gotta bring home the bacon. I'm on my grind. I'm on my I'm grind. A link to the past where the good doesn't last. I heard her voice and it awoke me from my nap. Gotta remove the sword from its pedestal and embark on a journey that's most incredible. And I'm not in the beef, but survival's starting to sound like an impossible feat. Seeing the top of the heap from the bottom is deep. The evil leaders got the masses to follow like sheep. And don't forget the maidens, some akin to the sages, all in grave danger. Guess who gotta save them? Dark wizards in the dark world. Got me living like I finished watching Dark Girls with Bill Duke. Here's the real truth. Got archers on the roof and they will shoot. Wow, that was a great song. Thanks for sharing that. And if you want more of that, you can go to Mega Rand's Patreon. Allow me to pass the mic to Ben. I think that he had a question about something that you just did. Okay. Yeah, so most recently you were featured on the soundtrack for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to know, how did you get involved in that project? Oh, man. Some things just kind of come to me. A lot of times, I spend a lot of my day reaching out to try to make things happen, but... I think the most cool things that have happened in my life have just been people saying, hey, do you want to do this? And I'd be like, yeah. Um, so that was how the Mortal Kombat soundtrack worked. That's how, uh, you know, Capcom stuff happened. Um, so this was the same way. T. Lopes is an incredible musician. Um, he, he scored the Sonic Mania reboot. He's done a bunch of stuff. And he's so good at so many different genres of music. Um, he messaged me just out of the blue. And said, hey, uh, are you free to do any, like, collab work? And I was like, what's up? You know, like, if you're talented, absolutely. Let's do something. Hmm. And uh, he's like, so I got this Turtles theme. And, like, we finished the whole soundtrack. But the ending is missing something. And I'm like, well, what's it missing? He's like, it's missing Mega Ran. And I'm yes. like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and so he really wanted me to, like, get on there, kick, kick some 90s-style raps. Um, he's like something like you know Vanilla Ice or MC Hammer would do, but like uh, I was like oh, I'll do my best, you know. And a lot of people were like, I was telling my friends, and I was so excited, and they're like, dude, oh, you got to do this, you know. And I was like, but yeah, I don't want it to be corny though. And and then I'm like, well, what if it is corny? Like it's the turtles, like just have fun, right. you know. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't take myself too seriously. Let's just do it. And um recorded the verse and he's like i gotta send this off to nickelodeon to get approval for your lyrics and i was like whoa nickelodeon it's the first time i ever heard that i'm like people at nickelodeon heard my raps like that's cool um but yeah he's like i love it this is gonna be the ending theme of the game and i'm like oh man like this is a very highly anticipated game so like to be the ending theme was like a huge huge honor to me and um and man since it came out like i have been getting hit up left and right from people like first it was the early early adopters like my friends who were like reviewers at you know different game companies or game magazines or publications were like dude i just played through a press version of the game and oh my god i heard you and i just went crazy and i'm just like thanks man and then after it came out like people every day just being like oh my god i thought that was you i heard your voice oh my gosh that's so cool you know and that to me like i didn't realize how big and cool it was until people started kind of making me see that and um so yeah that's kind of how it happened i wrote and i finished it in like maybe three days like it wasn't very difficult but mm -hmm. uh but it was like 
it's, I guess it's the turtles rap that I just never knew was in me. Like I've never rapped about the turtles <laughs> in my life, but like it was, it was the turtles rap that was always inside of me. And, um, I think we did a great job and it's such a great soundtrack. I mean, Raekwon and Ghostface are on it. Like, yeah, that's fantastic. I'd be Mike Patton. Like, it's just incredible. The lineup on this sound. I, I almost expected Vanilla Ice to just show up. Like, right. because it's that stacked, you know? And uh, so maybe we can get a remix with Vanilla Ice on it. I don't Yo, know. <laughs> goals. I heard it here first. Yeah, why don't we take a listen to you coming in at the end? This comes from Turtle Power. Let's go. Extra, extra. Read all about how Shredder and Crack Rat things without a doubt. So here's a little story I like to tell about four youngsters coming out of the shelves. You might be wondering what this world's come to. Talking turtles are bursting kung fu. Straight from the sewers, making maneuvers in New York City. Bringing it to wrong viewers. Now I'm veteran thinker. Trained under the watchful eye of Splinter. Raphael is strong, but he's reckless. Next is Michelangelo. He ain't stressing. you can just as soon as it pops on and you come on right after that like amazing kind of like sax <laughs> you know intro into you and it does i mean it, it sounds so much like that 90s hip-hop you know and and i do like that you leaned into like the camp and the enjoyment of it all because like you said it's the turtles the turtles are kind of campy like right. that's that's part of like who they are and what they do absolutely so you can't be too too cool to like really lean into exactly what they want for that and um yeah i was super happy with it once i finished it up i'm like yeah this is great like i love it so i just shout out to t for even thinking of me man that was really really awesome so uh i was glad to do it that's wonderful amazing Amazing. great um that's the third credits that you've that you've been a part of right because you were part of the mighty number nine yeah and then these two that's great. Uh, Mighty number nine. There was, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Mortal 11. Kombat, right? Um, and this, yeah, I think yeah. so. So that's three. Yeah, that's pretty cool. One accomplishment. Maybe I'll be the the go to guy for the for the ending credit raps. Like I need. Yeah, to, let's get that out there. Let's I had put to that out that there. market. You need you Definitely. need credits raps. I got you. And you're just a perfect guy to be like, congratulations, you beat the game. You know, <laughs> I yes. would if if every time I beat a video game, you popped up on screen and mm-hmm. said, congratulations, you did it. It would make the end of Yo, that game. That would even be better. great. My right? next my next goal. I mean, I just keep scratching things off the bucket list. But my next goal is voice acting in a in a game. Uh, like, cool. I want to voice a character, even if it's just an NPC. Like, I really want to voice someone. And uh, I think that would make me so happy. Yeah. Let's put that out there. Hey, if mm-hmm. any of our listeners know how to get Mega Ran some voice acting in a video game, mm-hmm. holla at your boy. Holla. We'll put him on. Yes. I have another. Um, I can't talk about it, of course, but I do have another video game credit coming hopefully this year. Woo. Hopefully one more this year. And it's another one that I'm really, 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 really excited about. Great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye out for it. We've pretty much covered all the questions that I have. Do you have any more new projects or tours uh, that you'd like to mm. promote? Well, we haven't talked about it yet, but there will be a tour announced for the album Protoculture Season with me and Penny and Slop. Right. We will be hitting the road, which is exciting. Like, 
I haven't been on the road with those guys yet. And um, Slop's been on the road and, you know, in the past, but we haven't all been able to do something together. So right. I'm really looking forward to that. We got, we're going to have, have a short run through the Midwest coming up very soon. That will be announced eh, early July, I'll say. So you're hitting the road with Penny. You'll release those dates soon. Everybody, if you want to follow Megaran, it's at Megaran on Twitter, Mega underscore Ran on Instagram. We'll include all this in the show notes. He also has a podcast. Yes. It's called Random Encounters Podcast and Matt Mania Podcast, where Megaran covers all the things that you need to know about wrestling. And that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get the pods. Anything else that I'm that I'm missing? Megaran.com. Wow, I don't think so. You got everything. I stream four days a week on Twitch. Mm -hmm. So come through, watch me play games, watch me DJ on Mondays. Mm -hmm. Um, We watch TV. We do watch alongs. We do all kinds of things. So come on by. You never know. I think this week I'm going to be playing Portal because I've never played it before. Fun. Oh, hey. And I was thinking. A way around the Nintendo copyrights could be to sample the Oracle of Ages and the Oracle of Seasons, because those are Capcom. Your homies at Capcom might be able to hook you up with that music. If you know, if that's something you feel like doing. I think that's a really good idea. That could be a good step into the It's funny that you also mentioned Awaken. You make you mentioned Link's Awakening. Are you playing the the Switch, the remake or the original? DX. Okay, the original yep. is the probably original, better, yeah. but yeah, I I just I love that game so, <laughs> so good. much. Um, so I actually did a song that's so funny. It got rejected for a Nintendo commercial, but uh, <laughs> me and my boy Alfred Banks, uh, we had someone just hit us up and was like, "Can you write a song about Link?" And uh, and we're like, "Yeah, absolutely." So that's also on Patreon. It's called Awakening with me and Alfred Banks. Wonderful. um, That might be a good one to play. I think that makes a lot of sense today. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we'll sneak that in here at the end, too. (laughs) Nice. Awakening, we about to take it to another level. Awakening, watch out for monsters and other angry fellows. Awakening, I feel my moment is about to come. As soon as I link with Link, I know we'll be number one. Uh, From 93 to 2019, took a break, but now we back up on the scene. Gave it to you in color the first time around. Nowadays we switch it up, man. It's going down. Uh, classics never die. You should know the name. Yeah, we playing games, but we ain't playing games. Lots of memories is what we getting into. So go and press start for a new adventure. On Nintendo, it's the franchise player. Outlasted every hedgehog and vampire slayer. 25 in, thought that he would contemplate retirement. Now fans making noise like the instruments and sirens. It's perfect timing, in line with the protocol. Engine got an overhaul, perfect scores overall. Breathe and take it in, but get the hastening. Ain't no time for vacation, then straight up. Wake up! Awakening. We about to take it. Mega Man, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. I know that I learned so much about you and about life in general reading your book. I encourage everybody to go find a copy of Dream Master thank wherever you. they buy their books. Your extensive discography is available all over the place. We're excited to have you on, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, all of our listeners, for tuning in to another episode of of Hyrule Podcasters. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks everybody. <laughs> that was really fun, man. Yes.
Thanks for plugging into this week's episode of Hyrule Podcasters. If you like what you're hearing and want to support us directly, you can head over to our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive Discord benefits, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. If you'd like updates, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hyrule Podcasters and Twitter at Hyrule Podcaster. Links to everything can be found in the show notes. And be sure to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen. As always, this episode was produced by your co-host, Patrick. And we'd like to thank LT Headtrip for composing original music for the podcast, including our theme song. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Odd Conduit Media. Media.